0: Volume two Chapter fourteen of Mrs Armitage or Female Domination by Mrs. Gore. This Librivox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Helen Taylor. Chapter fourteen We talked with open hearts and words affectionate and true, a pair of friends, though I was young, and Matthew seventy two. Wordsworth. Sophia had indeed some cause to weep, afflictions were coming heavily upon her, and but for the excellent sense and right spirit within her, the fortitude of the gentle and delicate girl had given way unresistingly to their influence. But the recent return of Dr. Grant to the vicarage had secured her the comfort of an able and friendly counsellor, a counsellor beyond the circle of family affinity with no predilections to mislead his judgment no excess of tenderness to be pained by her avowals of distress doubly harassed by the new mortification arising from arthur's indiscretion miss armytage directed her walk through the shrubberies towards the village the following day resolved to seek an interview with her worthy friend dr grant the vicar of holywell was a man who had attained his sixtieth year without obtaining higher preferment than a living of three hundred per annum upon a parish of two thousand souls the great tithes of which formed part of the appanage of the great mrs Armitage. yet even for this advancement he was indebted to her bounty having been but a humble curate on a sixth part of the salary when ten years before she accidentally heard him preach while pausing for the sabbath day in the course of a tour through the north of england and was struck by the vigorous and uncompromising spirit of his doctrine the benevolent mildness of his demeanour the result of her inquiries into his history and character immediately determined her to bestow upon the obscure divine the first piece of preferment in her gift which more fortunately for her than himself happened to be the vicarage of holywell but although no positive engagements existed between them it was understood in the neighbourhood that her rich living of thoroton was to be his when vacant and as is often the case when a meritorious postulant is to succeed a superannuated incumbent the old rector still lived on to keep the curiosity of such people as wemmersley in suspense and the good pastor still a vicar on his vicarage however and his remote prospects dr grant at the age of fifty married married to enjoy three years of perfect happiness to bless mrs Armitage as its origin and then become a widower with two helpless little girls to remind him of his brief season of earthly comfort and here was one of the instances in which the best qualities of mrs Armitage manifested themselves without reserve to those children she had been almost more a mother than to her own had watched them through their infant sicknesses ministered to their childish pleasures spared them all evidence of her despotic disposition to the shorn lamb she had endeavoured to temper the wind Dr. Grant felt all this as he ought, with a manly, heart-warm gratitude, but not in a slavish spirit. He saw all her faults. None had ever seen them half so clearly, for he watched over her vocation as over that of the person who had been his second providence on earth. He even told her of them as none had ever told her fearless of offence he stood before her as a minister of the gospel reproving her pride both spiritual and temporal and proving to her when none were there to hear that her piety was a thing of weekly ceremony of matins and evensong of worldly propriety of self-respect not an humbling in the dust as of a sinful soul before god not the lowly thankfulness of mind becoming one who had received from his hand an unmerited share of earthly blessings for all this mrs Armitage respected him the more but she liked him the less and the sabbath days on which he preached upon such texts as the compensations of lazarus in the world to come or the difficulty of a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven were days of bitterness to her he heeded not he felt such words of comfort to be due to his two thousand poor parishioners without reference to the wealthy patroness by whom his own fortunes were protected the one crimson lined pew in holywell church with its rituals phrased in honour of queen anne did not attract the exclusive attention of its minister of the gospel such was the instructor whom arthur and sophia had been so fortunate as to secure and who was regarded by both with sincere and almost filial affection sophia was of all the family his favourite by him her mild purity of heart and soul were duly appreciated he loved her too for her kindness to his girls for her willingness to impart to them such accomplishments as were not inconsistent with their situation in life although beyond his means of procuring for as he would not have diminished by one poor shilling what he considered the portion of the widow and orphan in his own small substance in order to refine the education of mary and clara it was to miss armytage alone they were indebted for their superiority of graces of demeanour to the mere children of the villager the vicarage like every other tenement on the estate of mrs armytage was substantial and of creditable aspect though proportioned to the revenues of the benefice the wise legislatress of holywell feeling that she had no right to create a domicile for the present incumbent which the less liberal views of her successors might render a burthen on the hands of his nor had dr grant expended time or money on its adornment with the exception of a few greenhouse plants presented by Sophie to the children and placed in order on either side of the door there was nothing to distinguish the mansion from the farm-houses of the neighbourhood and yet by some unexplained association of ideas not one of the inhabitants of holywell park ever entered the gate without a feeling of reverence and a sensation of relief and refreshment as if the place whereon they stood was holy ground the good doctor, all simplicity in his demeanour, would have smiled, could he have known how much authority that very simplicity, that very carelessness of the things of this world, gave him in the eyes of the arrogant Mrs. Armitage. For there she felt him to be her superior. Are you very busy, Doctor Grant? inquired Sophia, putting aside the unpruned branches of the old Jessamine tree, by which the vicarage was overgrown to peep into the room where she knew he was at that hour to be found giving instruction to his girls or may i hope you will grant a holiday to the children and give me your arm homewards i am tired with a long walk and much in want of your support come in then come in and rest said the kind doctor you do indeed look pale half an hour's quiet in this cool study will be more help to you than an old man's arm come in and he came to lead miss armytage up the steps and the girls released by her presence from their books and maps were at her side in a moment would she have a glass of wine a glass of water a cup of tea of coffee no sophia would have nothing but dr grant's company in her walk and immediately suspecting that his young friend might have something urgent to communicate he not only complied but forestalled the petition of his girls to be of the party by assigning them tasks to be performed during his absence passing through the private door made from the vicarage garden into holywell park for his use sophia and the pastor were soon sauntering arm in arm under the spreading chestnuts each waiting for the other to break silence i have good news from greta castle said he at last one of my parishioners had business there this morning and brings me word that lady rotherham is out of danger it is unlucky that the express was already off to scotland for lord greta very unlucky most unlucky answered sophia i was in hopes he would have been absent for at least a month to come no very flattering wish for him to learn my dear miss Armitage. old as i am you must not fancy me so blind as not to discern through my spectacles that his lordship is more ambitious of your good graces than perhaps of anything but a seat in the cabinet i do not indeed i have no doubt you are perfectly aware of the state of things between us and therefore it is i venture to speak so openly i have in fact been long anxious to confer with you on the subject forgive the liberty i take in occupying your valuable time with my love affairs but you know that for many years you have officiated as my second conscience the only part of catholicism to which i incline is the confessional dr grant saw that she was agitated and trying to gain time and kindly assisted her efforts to recover her composure by a trivial remark on some passing object but sophia had taken her determination and would not falter if you are kind enough to remember all the flattering things you said to me two years ago of arthur's friend mr Rainsford, and the confirmation you then gave of my own opinion that nothing but the inequality of our fortunes prevented his declaring an attachment to me and seeking my hand you will not be surprised to hear that the preference i admitted i had formed for him has prevented my giving a moment's thought to the attentions of lord greta or any other person i remember every word of the conversation i recollect encouraging you in what i considered a wise and honourable choice because i knew the attachment to be mutual my confessional is open to others besides yourself and believed edgar Rainsford in the possession of great abilities and good connections to be secure of the means of independence, the only thing wanting to entitle him to ask you in marriage of your mother? Thank you, my dear doctor. Many, many thanks. You relieve the apprehensions I have latterly begun to entertain, that I had been too hasty, too vain, too presumptuous in interpreting what I regarded as unequivocal proofs of Edgar's affection. Make yourself easy on that point, there was nothing wanting but the declaration to yourself the proposal to mrs armytage the most delicate the most prudish young woman could not have blinded herself to the nature of mr rainsford's feelings his feelings as they then existed ah oh, dr grant that phrase conveys much to my ear more to my heart faltered sophia i perceive that the reports which have given me so much pain are public enough to have reached your ear they have replied her companion in a low voice i heard as i was travelling in the north that edgar rainsford had succeeded to a large fortune and was to marry a miss miss no matter what the name was not Armitage, and that was enough to startle and perplex me i should have made further inquiries but news came about the same time of the injudicious doings at holywell and i returned home in haste hoping to prevent one mischief and relieve my doubts as to the other arthur's absence has been an obstacle to my better information say nothing i beg you on the subject to my brother nothing to my mother arthur might feel inclined to resent what in fact is neither injury nor offence for as you well know no engagement fettered the inclinations of either while my mother might perhaps express her satisfaction in a way painful to my feelings, for I am convinced she now wishes me to marry Lord Greta. But do me the very great favour to ascertain from others the real state of the case. If evil is to be known, I cannot know it too soon. I apply to you, my dear Dr. Grant, because I know you will consider the case dispassionately, without giving it too much or too little importance you will not suspect me of unwarrantable regrets of any inclination to play the ophelia she added faintly smiling nor will you impute to me such levity of feeling as to fancy i could throw aside without a pang an attachment formed many very many years ago which has increased with the still increasing merits of the object commanding as he did the esteem of all whom i consider estimable what cause had i to mistrust the prudence of my choice none my dear young lady none said the kind old man if we find occasion to alter the opinion we had formed of edgar rainsford let us accuse the frailty of human nature the influence of worldly associations as we once knew him never did i see a young man i should have been so proud to call my son had we been really engaged to each other continued miss armytage apparently thinking aloud perhaps my attachment might have been lessened by security but it was a thing of hope of trust of confidence it was a tie admitted only by myself of which i could confer with none The consolation of many a vexatious hour, the bright prospect irradiating many a gloomy one, I felt secure of happiness, of compensation, of a tranquil and honourable home. You will still find them. A spirit such as yours, my dear child, is pre-assured of domestic happiness, said the good doctor, more affected than he wished her to suspect. Let us suppose that this man has proved unworthy there are others more deserving the steady attachment for instance of lord greta no interrupted sophia do not think so ill of me as to fancy that the affection which has been so long a part of myself of my prospects of my hopes for time and eternity can be changed in a day like the fashion of a garment no my dear dr grant i have still a favour to ask of you that on his return You will take an opportunity of relating to lord greta all i have been saying to yourself were he to make overtures to my mother necessitating a general explanation he would give me infinite pain and cause perhaps a coolness between arthur and his friend it were better therefore he should understand that whether mr rainsford be lost to me or not i am still unchanged and still incapable of rewarding otherwise than with my graceless thanks the preference of another of that commission hereafter replied the doctor let me first satisfy myself that my friend edgar is a less honourable a less discerning fellow than i have hitherto believed him i shall very shortly ascertain the truth even before he became a fine gentleman and a man of fortune i never found difficulty in obtaining intelligence of his proceedings no man of his age ever rose to higher distinctions in his profession wonders were predicted of him he was respected loved well well i will not give up my favourite prematurely thank you thank you i will write i Do not be afraid, i know what you would say. Trust to my discretion not to implicate your name in my inquiry. So far at least, young lady, your confidante is safely chosen. We are approaching the house, said sophia. Let us walk more slowly. I am not in a state to meet mamma at present. I suspect, however, it is no very uncommon case for her daughter to return from the village from the bedside of the sick and the hearth of the afflicted if the testimony of my parishioners may be trusted with swollen eyes and a tremulous voice i will not run the hazard of vexing her by the sight to-day said Sophie, evading a reply to his question mamma has just now troubles of her own which i should be sorry to augment aha uh-huh. this daughter-in-law i was afraid so without believing all our neighbour wemmersley's reports on the subject my observations at the ball led me to fear that arthur's wife is a giddy one not giddy light-hearted wanting tact wanting experience but with a good affectionate nature and full of honesty and candour that is much you my dear miss armytage must become her mentor she ought not to have needed a mentor thoughtless as arthur is my brother required a person of whose merits he stood a little in awe. Such as your friend Lady Laura? Mrs. Armitage has much to answer for in preventing that match. But nothing must interfere with your exertions in favour of Mrs. Arthur. How long does she remain absent from Holywell? Too long, considering that she is among the Spaldings and their set. Oh, Dr. Grant, when I see such people as those how proud do i feel of my mother how could i have borne to find myself the daughter of one of those unprincipled frivolous disreputable but i will not revile them even to render her justice admit however that there is real comfort in having a parent you can respect and a mind conscious of the benefit and now good-bye and god bless you i see mrs armytage in the conservatory and if i am delayed by the ceremonies of a morning visit shall scarcely find time to despatch my promised letter by the post end of volume two chapter fourteen